Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. What is up, guys? Welcome to today's episode. So excited to have you with me for today's interview. And guys, we have a super special guest. Recently, Travis Robertson was a guest expert on our membership call on Monday mornings. We had an awesome call. We actually went over our time with him and he was very gracious because he just was sharing so much valuable stuff. And so we had a great interview with him and then some time of Q&A for the members on the call. But wanted to share that with you guys here. Um, Travis Robertson, many of you know him, is one of the premier real estate coaches out there. And so it was an honor to connect with him and then have him on the membership. So check it out, I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure you'll get a lot of valuable lessons out of our interview with Travis Robertson. Travis, thank you so much, welcome to the call. Uh, so Travis is an amazing real estate coach. He's made it his mission to help realtors build high six and seven figure businesses that fund their lives and dreams. He's the CEO, founder, and master coach at Don't Settle Coaching, the real estate industry's premier coaching and training company. He has an incredible success rate, and he's also the creator of the High Performing Agent Academy, Team Academy, and the Real Estate Playbook. Been featured on every major stage within the industry and is known for his high energy, authenticity, and his elite training and coaching. And more importantly than anything, like for all of us, he is, it's all about family, right? So he's the husband of the beautiful wife, Lisa, and the father is two amazing girls, London and Ayla. And so Travis, thanks so much. Welcome to the call. Honored to have you. And just uh, like I said to you, you know, in messages and then with your, you know, assistant and like, you've been one of the people that since I got into the industry, they said, follow him and what he's doing. And so it's just really an honor to talk to you and an honor to have you on our call today. Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate you having me and and to everybody that's live with us and and those who are listening to the podcast. It's it's great to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so much. So I gave a brief intro, but kind of like we start, I want to hear the journey. Like, how do you go from you're the beginning of your journey to now leading the, you know, Travis Robertson Don't Settle group where you get to coach some of the biggest and highest performing realtors all across the world? You know, I'd, I'm going to spare everybody the super long backstory here because ultimately it's not about me. It's about you guys. But real briefly, my background is in sales, marketing, technology, business development, all of that. And I was in the tech industry for a very, very long time. And I did the 100 hour weeks. I did the startup life. I did the, you know, <laughs> I mean, my first sales job was was, you know, like I just been in sales for years. I I don't even need to go into all that. So so the reality is what ended up happening was I started burning out with technology because that lifestyle, 100 hour weeks, 90 100 hour weeks for for about 7 8 9 10 11 12 years starts to wear on you. And and from a physical standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a marriage standpoint, I mean, nearly got divorced um health was suffering dramatically and it wasn't until I finally ended up in the ER five times in three days across two states that it was like, yeah, I think something needs to change now. And 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 I had had plenty of doctors telling me like, hey, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. And I I just ignored them. I was like, I'm young. I'm I'm strong. I'm healthy. I, yeah, whatever. Thanks for, for the crappy advice. And I just I just burned out. And so after it was all said and done, I called um, 
you know, after I kind of healed up from, from this severe case of what was called vasculitis, um, they basically, I just called the, the people that I was in business with. And I said, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. It's been a ride, but I'm done. And, and so, uh, I left and my plan was to take a year off of, of doing anything and just kind of explore some ideas and some, some businesses that I was thinking about starting. And I got really bored. I got like super bored, like two weeks into this. I'm like, this is stupid. I was like, I'm going to take a year off and just think about things. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. So then I just started working on, on different business ideas and, and uh, started doing consulting for businesses and ended up doing turnaround consulting. I was, I was brought into some companies to help, you know, turn the business around and that was fun, but it was, it was all one-on-one and I wanted to make a bigger impact. And, uh, somebody invited me to speak and they're like, Hey, would you mind coming and speaking to a group of, of business leaders, fortune 500 execs, fortune 5,000 execs. And I was like, about what? I'm like, I'm not a speaker. And, and he's like, no, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. And I said, well, when do you need me? And he's like, um, what are you doing Monday? And he's like, I had a speaker back out. Would you mind? I was like, geez, I haven't, I, I don't, I don't have anything prepared. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And so I came in, had a blast, spoke to this group, and I brought my wife along, Lisa. I'm like, hey, babe, come with me because in the event I suck, I need somebody to like start the sympathy clap just to, you know, get that going. And and so I do the whole thing, had a blast. I mean, I was so tactless though. Like I walked in, dropped a bomb, got off stage, walked out, and everybody's like, well, what do we do with all this? Like you literally just blew up all of our businesses and we don't know what to do with it. And I had a great time and I get off stage. I'm like, Hey babe, how was I? And she's like, who are you? I was like, I don't know, but I need to do this. Like, this is amazing. I don't. And she's like, can you get paid to do it? I was like, I don't know if I can get paid to do this stuff. So I started calling conferences like just, Hey, do you need a speaker? Do you need a speaker? This is what I talk on. And they're like, yeah, cool. Finally, one of them was like, what do you charge? I'm like, I can charge for this. This is amazing. And I, and I didn't know what to charge. Cause I was on the spot. I was like, uh, I don't know, like a thousand bucks. And they're like, done. I was like, crap, I should ask for more. Like, <laughs> I, really- I could have gotten more money for this. So, so that I was like calling around, like, what do speakers charge? I was, I was meeting people at events. I was like, Hey, so I know this is weird, but what did you get paid to get like, be here? Like, I I'll, I'll tell you what I made. And, and they tell me they're like, Oh, I made like $4,000 or $5,000 or 3000. I'm like, seriously. I was like, but then you got to pay for like your own flight and travel. And, and they're like, no, the, the hotel covers that. I was like, I charged a thousand bucks, bought my own flight, paid for my own hotel, paying for all my trade. Like I lost money on this deal. You actually made money. This is really cool. And, and so from there started speaking at tech conferences because that was kind of my background. And at a tech conference, somebody in real estate heard me speak and I'm like, man, you got to bring your, your message to the real estate space. And I was like, cool. Put me on a stage. So three months later, I'm doing the closing keynote for a real estate conference in Atlanta and I get off stage and people are like, do you do coaching? And I had a line of people wanting to talk to me and I said, yeah, hand me your card and, and I'll have somebody on my team reach out. And I, and so it's just, oh, you, here's my card. So everybody's just handing me their card. I'm writing coaching on it and all this stuff. I go home and I'm like, what is coaching? Like, I don't, I don't even know what it is. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And, and so I was like, what does a coach do? What is it? I was like, Oh, cool. So I called everybody back and I was like, Hey, so let me tell you about my coaching program and rolled a bunch of people into coaching programs and turned their businesses around and helped them scale up. I'm like, this is a ton of fun. And I just fell in love with the real estate space because everybody's a small business owner in real estate, 
whether they act like it, think like it, or realize it or not. Everybody has a business. And so the, the challenge is there are a lot of really great broke agents. And being a great agent doesn't mean you're great at knowing how to generate leads, convert those leads into clients, convert clients into advocates, convert advocates into referrals, and scale this up and build a team and build a business around it. And that's really what I'm great at. I've never been a real estate agent. And I think that's what makes me so good at what I do is I don't think, talk, or act like a real estate agent. I come at it from a business perspective. So it's like, look, it's sales, it's marketing, it's lead generation, it's conversion, it's it's understanding how to build teams, how to build systems. None of that has anything to do with whether I can write an offer sheet. Not a, not a single bit. And so it's like, look, if you don't know how to do that, go talk to your broker. Once your broker runs out of ideas, though, for how to build your business, come talk to me because that's where we shine. Mm-hmm. So that's the very abbreviated-ish version of how I got started doing this. Yeah. Well, and what I love, so I would love to hear, and thank you so much. That's so cool. What See, what I love is this, and I kind of prepared Travis. I'm like, yeah, I don't really give a script. Here's kind of what we'll talk about, but this is going to, I didn't plan on this. So here we go. So you're burned out. Yep. You have to fix this. Multiple yep. hospital visits, multiple states. Yep. Burnout is literally like, one of the reasons, right? I started, I don't even know, I didn't tell you this before. I started the podcast because, uh, you know, people were coming to me with questions, like people that I even, you know, Jackie, I trained with and other people in my company at the time I trained with. And a lot of them were coming to me with questions. And I was like, wait, like something about it was like, oh, I clearly have some sort of knowledge because they're coming to me and I'm retaining and I'm doing this in my business. And so I can clearly teach this. I have to, like, if I did it on a podcast, it would help. So I started the podcast doing that, but I also started it knowing 87% of the realtors are out of the business in five years. So yep. so if we look around this room, like the odds say, like 5% of us are going to make it, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm bad at math. This is why I'm not a lender, Chris. 10% <laughs> of us are going to make it, right? Chris is like, it's actually 13 if it's 87. It's actually 13.12. You know, 3% in a, in a deal, right? <laughs> yeah, so... I, this is why I need a calculator when I run my splits, guys. So, um, but burnout is so prevalent. It's why so yeah. many people leave. When you finally fixed it, like mm-hmm. what did you learn from that? And why do realtors struggle with this? And what do we have to do to not burn out? Gosh, that's a really involved answer. Um, so here's here's what I would say. I'm going to give like high level advice on this because going deep, you know, if you, you want to take me deeper, fine. Um, but here's what I would say. I, I would say, number one, burnout primarily comes from doing something you don't love. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it starts. Or second p- place that it comes is that you're only in love with the idea of the outcome, not the process that it's going to take to get there. So if I ask any real estate agent, hey, do you want to make a million dollars? They're like, yes. I said, then it's like, okay, but do you want to do what it's going to take to make a million dollars? Well, I don't know. What do I have to do? Wrong question. You're going to have to do a lot. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. It's going to be, it's going to be exhausting at times. It's going to be, you're going to have those days where you get home and you're like, I want to quit. Because if all you fall in love with is the outcome and you don't learn to love the journey, you will burn out. Like it's just, it's going to happen and you're going to have those days where you wake up and you're going, I don't really want to push through. It's funny. I was talking with um, 
my wife about this this morning. We were just sitting around having a cup of coffee after kind of doing our quiet time this morning, just chatting about stuff. And, and she goes, can I, can I tell you something? And I was like, yeah, please. And she goes, I, she goes, I don't think this is going to sound like a knock on you. And she goes, I don't mean it like it is. She goes, she goes, just thinking about our journey and thinking about your journey and even building this business and, and what this is all like taken for us to get here. She goes, you are one of the most relentless people I have ever met. Like one of the most resilient, relentless people I've ever met. She goes, so many people would have quit so many times along your journey. And she goes, I don't know how you, like I get even choked up just thinking about it. Like how, how impactful was that? She said this to me this morning. She goes, at so many points along this path, she goes, I, I would, she goes, I don't know how you woke up. I don't know how you went back in. I don't know how you kept going in the middle of challenges and setbacks and, 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 you know, starting a business is it, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and, and, you know, she used to, when we start, when we launched this company, she helped me start this company back in 2010 um, is kind of when we launched this right at the bottom of the market, great time to start a real estate coaching company. Um, and, and so <laughs> learned a ton, but during that time she would, I was cold calling brokerages and offices to try and get opportunities to speak in front of their agents so I could offer coaching and tickets to events, things like that. So I, I just printed out a whole list of brokerages. I hired a, a, an assistant to go out and just scrape data and pull brokerages and all like get lists and lists and lists and lists. Then I would put this in a binder and I had call sheets for every brokerage because I was doing all this on, on the road. I couldn't, so she'd be driving and I'd be sitting in the passenger seat cold calling brokerages while we're driving to different places for me to speak. And I'd be setting up appointments for me to come in and speak. And it was like, that's what we did. And she was right there alongside with me. And she goes, and then, you know, we had a family and, and some other stuff along the way. And, and so she wasn't in the day to day anymore, but she, she just said that she goes, there were so many days I would go, maybe this is the day he's not going to do it anymore. And she goes, and you just kept going. I was like, why on earth would you think that was going to offend me <laughs> in any way, shape or form, babe? I'm like, that touched me. Thank you. Like that meant a, a tremendous amount, but are there, are there times I've started to feel burnout and building this business over the years? Sure. But I love it. Mm -hmm. And I love our clients and I love our team and I love the results that we get. And I love the people we get to serve and the impact we get to make. And that's what keeps me going. And then on top of that, you know, I made healthier lifestyle choices, you know, started exercising, you know, just physically to, to be able to, to manage it. Because basically I was like, I'm only as good as my body can manage. Mm, yeah. I'm only as good as my health is going to allow me to do. I only have as much as my energy supply is going to, to give me, that's what I've got. And so um, I just, I put a tremendous amount of time and effort into trying to stay healthy and um, exercise and, you know, eat well and do all the things. Yeah. Well, I love there's so much there to unpack. We could even talk about the health journey, the but but something you said, you said burnout comes from doing something you don't love. And then, you know, someone comes to you. I want to make a million dollars. Oh, do you want to do what it takes to get there? Oh, I don't know what it's going to take. And you said it's hard. How do we as realtors 
Like, okay, so I love real estate. I love clients. For me, like I'll just, everybody, I think people on the call knows what I hate is paperwork. What I hate is the admin piece, right? How do we as realtors kind of, is it, hey, get a TC or an admin? Is it like, what? We, how do we find that balance between, hey, maybe I'm just not good at this or I'm not good at this task? Of okay, that's such a great question. I love, people are like, I, uh, Love talking to new agents. New agents are, are amazing. Um, they're so doughy eyed and starry eyed and they're like, this is so exciting. I'm like, no, it's not. Um, so, <laughs> cause they're like, <laughs> you talk to new agents and you're like, so why'd you get in the business? They're like, I don't know. I just love people and I love selling. I love homes. And I was like, well, at the end of year one, you're going to hate people and hate homes. So what's your real reason for getting in the business? Because <laughs> in a year you're going to hate them both. So, so you're going to have to have something better. And, and the, the, the truth is that when, when I think about what happened for most people is they, they, they tend to get into real estate from corporate backgrounds. So they had a job and now they're transitioning to running a business and they don't learn to shift the, the, the operational style from employee to business owner. They don't learn to think differently. They don't learn to make decisions differently. They don't learn to evaluate risk differently. They don't learn to, to delegate differently. And, and so they don't, you know, it's like, oh, I wanted to control my own schedule. Cool. Get ready to be the worst boss you've ever had. Because if you think you get to control your schedule and that's why you got into real estate, you're quickly going to go out of business because you need accountability. You need support. You need ideas and people come into this business. And this is why I love working with team leaders. We coach a tremendous number of team leaders, but do you know the number one thing that a new team leader will say, heck, even a lot of existing team leaders will say to me, well, nobody does it exactly like me. And I always say, thank God, because you suck at most things. <laughs> yeah. The truth is we suck. I suck at more things than I'm great at. I am great at a few things. I am decent at a lot of things and I suck at most things. And the faster you realize that, the faster you start to go, what am I great at? What do I love? What am I great at? And what am I maybe good at, but I've, I'm overestimating my skill set. So the truth is, can I, I actually know how to program. I, I started in, originally in business as a programmer. That was kind of like sales and pro, like, I actually learned how to develop software. I can code in upwards of 10 to 11 different languages. Like I could still go in and recode. Now, does that mean I should be coding anything on my website? Mm. No. Yeah. Because I'm decent at it, but I'm not great at it. And, and there are other people who are great at it. So it's learning to move those things off my plate and learning to leverage. And it's like, well, you know, an admin, they're, they're expensive. I'm like, no, what's expensive is the deals you're not making because you don't have an admin. That's what see, employees think in terms of cost. Business owners think in terms of investments. One of the greatest investments you can make is in administrative support. Because when you, when you make that shift to just going, it's not an expense, it's an investment, then I can start to see the return. But the problem is with employees, their income's limited. It's capped. So everything they spend is an expense. The only way they can invest is like buying stocks or buying real estate. That's really their crypto when that's doing well. But the idea basically is that 
most of the most of their world is income and expenses in business it's income investments expenses mm-hmm. well and and i love you that realize that you don't you it, it limits how they think because they go oh well an admin's an expense coaches coaching yep. is an expense marketing is an expense no it's not it's an investment but you're not thinking that way because you're only looking at the outflow, not looking at what could this potentially make me back. I've seen agents double or triple their production in 12 to 18 months, bringing on a great administrative assistant transaction coordinator simply because they got all that stuff off their plate and they had more time for going out and making money. Well, and it goes right to your email this morning, right? The email that went out this morning, guys, for those of you who aren't on his list is talking about right? The biggest cost to any business right now is the realist, the, what you're not doing, right? Yeah. And I, I read that. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk to him about this later because it's so true. I know realtors that are making 200 Fun fact, 000. John, I didn't actually write that email. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks. Well, then you ruined the whole point. No, but I, I mean, I sat down with the copywriter and we yeah, yeah. strategized. So I know what the, I know it's in the email. I just have, I haven't even read it yet. So well, I did. So you're welcome. Actually, no, I did read that one. That's a good one. <laughs> I, did, I did really well. <laughs> but I, but I think it's, it's so interesting. I know realtors making 200,000, 300,000 quarter, half a million dollars a year. You know, there's one specifically that I've talked to and they're like, well, I can't hire a transaction coordinator. And I'm like, you make half a million dollars a year. Yeah. You're missing it right for $500 a transaction for a really, really good one. You could go out and be doing what you love, right? I don't love the paperwork. I love having coffee. I love meeting people. I love this every Monday morning. I don't love the paperwork. Why would I continue doing it? So I just there's so much to that where we're doing the things we don't love. You know, I'll go back to I interviewed Jesse Cole, who interviewed who runs the Savannah Bananas. It's been on USA Today, ESPN. And I said, how what how do you keep doing this and what keeps you excited? And he goes, I do the things that give me energy. And I said, yeah. oh, that's so simple. And he said, you know, his his wife's very passionate about fostering and adopting. In the offseason, he's all on dad mode, foster and adopt. In the baseball season, he's all in Savannah Bananas, all about baseball. And so I think, guys, yeah. for those of you on the call and listening, like I'm about to do an interview about like redefining balance from this great uh, interview I heard with Christy Wright, who used to work for Ramsey Solutions. Balance to me with two young kids <laughs> right under under however three and a half looks a little different than balance as a single person in your business Mm -hmm. and so it's just like redefining how we balance and sometimes making that investment i've told people here i invest 10 percent of my income people are like you spend whatever it is more than ten thousand dollars i'm like yes why Mm -hmm. because it helps me take that business to the next level yep so i spend six figures a year in coaching training support yeah you know, just personal development, whatever it is, because it's that important to me. And, and ultimately in being part of mastermind groups, all sorts of different things. And and one of the things too, that, that I, I think you mentioned here, John, is that when, when I look at the, the biggest cost in my business, it is genuinely the money I'm not making. So, hmm. so, and, and it, it's so important guys to, to really, truly understand this. So let's say you have a goal and, and you're like, man, I really want to be closing two deals a month. I, and I'm just going to do two deals a month because I want simple figures for doing math in my head. So let's say you're like, man, I want to be closing two deals a month. Okay. What's your average commission? Oh, my average commission, you know, 
$10,000 and, and you're like, okay, great. So you want to be making $20,000 a month. So you want to be making $240,000 a year. How much are you making right now? $80,000. Okay, cool. So you know, you want to make 240, but you're only making 80. So what is it costing you to stay stuck? It's costing you $160,000. That's the biggest expense in your business is the, is the income you're not making because you're stuck in a level of thinking, operating, decision-making, habits, patterns, routines, systems, knowledge of an $80,000 a year earner. So you have exactly as much money as you know how to make. Mm-hmm. And, and an expense, like for you, John, let's say investing into coaching is an example. You're like, man, I'm willing to invest X amount of thousands of dollars because the return is $160,000 or $180,000 or $200,000 because the investment is to invest in getting new skills, new mm-hmm. habits, new beliefs, new understandings, new, new patterns, new tools, whatever it is that allow me to go make the extra 160 or 180 or 250, whatever thousand dollars you want to make, but every, but employees go, that's a big expense. Mm -hmm. Business owners go, that's all I have to invest. Oh, interesting that. Yeah. Well, and and my, the year I started, yeah, the year I started doing the coaching, I took 10 and I made an extra 80. Well, it's a no brainer. It like, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like where else are you going to get an eight X ROI on your money in a year? Mm -hmm. Like you could take $10,000, stick it in the stock market. And at the end of the year, have $10,400 and you're like, woohoo, you know, (laughs) got 4% on my money. Yeah. Or you could take $10,000 invested into your business. Like you did, John. And you're like, wow, I made an extra $80,000. Like that's an eight X return. That doesn't suck. No, it's, it doesn't. It's yeah. Like where that's like a legal printing press. That's like how much, you know, if, if somebody's like, I'm going to go print money. I'm like, mm, probably not a good idea. But if you had a system where it's like, wow, I can put a dollar in and get eight out. How many dollars are you going to put into that system? As many as I can put into that system, I'm going to do it because I make $8 back for every dollar I put in. That is a legal printing yeah. press. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, we've got to invest in ourselves. I love what you said about the employee mindset because we're so stuck in our heads. Right. And you even, you know, before we started recording and letting people in, you were telling me, you know, you talked about the don't send deals to lenders and don't send and to lenders don't send deals to realtors because I think I can invest all I want. You got to follow up, right? All of us on this call have to follow up. So I want to, I do want to get to Q and a, Let's talk quickly about the follow-up and how we can get better. Then let's jump into a little bit of what we can be doing on social mm-hmm. media, on video, and then get to Q&A. This has been really, this time flies. It's been really good. So let's kind of oh, go so fast. Yeah. The and I don't have a problem talking, as you can tell, John, <laughs> yeah. so feel free to cut me off. No, you're good. Tell us about, as you coach realtors, yeah. this is like a huge miss. How can we get better? What are we missing? Like, what's the like secret sauce to that? Okay. So here's, here's what I think it is. So there's a, there's a few things. And, and yesterday I was, uh, my girls love Cracker Barrel. So, and you know, you don't have Cracker Barrels in California. So when we moved to Florida, it's like, can we go to Cracker Barrel? So we go to Cracker Barrel yesterday. Cause you know, 
I love them and I'll buy them toys and stuff. And, you know, if I can buy their love, I will like hundred <laughs> percent, like w- their love is for sale. I will buy it. Um, so, so we go to Cracker Barrel and there's this sign there and, you know, it's like Cracker Barrel is like country clutter on crack. It's like where, where, <laughs> you know, and, and I love it and the food's deliciously awful. And, and so we're there, but they have this sign, like one of those corny signs that's there. And, and it literally says nothing changes if nothing changes. Hmm. And, and so if you're looking at your business right now and you're like, man, I'm not getting the results I'm looking for, then what you have to do is go, okay, if you do nothing, what's going to change? Nothing. Absolutely. So what nothing. needs to change? First and foremost, you do your beliefs about follow-up, about what it takes to actually get a deal done these days. And here's what happened, John, is that 2020, 2021, and 2022 made agents extraordinarily lazy. Extraordinarily lazy. Yeah, it was easy. Because what they were was order takers. Mm -hmm. They were not salespeople. They were order takers. And they confused their ability to take orders with their ability to make sales. And so starting last year, mid last year, I started talking with our clients and I was like, guys, we are moving into a sales maker market, not an order taker market. Like, I'm so glad you all made a ton of money taking orders. Now it's time to start learning how to make sales. And there's a whole different world in, in being a sales maker versus being an order taker. And, and order takers love to work by referral. I only work by referral. That's cute. When the market's hot, when the market's not, it doesn't work. Yep. Yep. And, and so that working by referral, I want you to get, and people think I hate referrals because I say this, I don't hate referrals. I just understand you cannot control referrals. You cannot predict referrals. Here's how I know, because if I ask you in the next 30 days, exactly how many referrals will you get? Do you know the only honest answer? I don't know. Mm. Well, historically, I've gotten this. Cool. That's not my question. How many will you get? The answer is you don't know. Do you really? Why am I on this feast or famine roller coaster? Ah, uh, gee, let me think. Because you don't know how to make sales. You're waiting for orders to come in. Well, guess what's dried up dramatically? Like I've been predicting predicting since 2010 every time every single year i've been in this business i've said mm-hmm. that when the market shifts when a market shifts do you know the first bit of business that dries up past clients referrals you know why because past clients they're like i'm good how many of your clients guys have said i'm i'm not really thinking of selling i kind of like my 3.2% interest rate for the next 30 years i i don't really want to do anything Yep. Or how many of them have stopped referring people or the referrals that they're sending you aren't all that fantastic because ultimately their friends aren't buying or selling anymore right now. It is a totally different market. You have to know how to go out and get sales. And part of that is follow-up. Yep. Most people don't have a plan for follow-up. So I go, okay, great. So you get a, a referral. What'd you do? Well, I called them and they didn't call me back. Okay. So then what'd you do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't want to offend people. Yeah. Well, here's an idea. Why don't you call them like, well, what happens if, 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 you know, they get mad at me and they don't do business? It's like, well, newsflash, they're already not doing business with you. That's a mic. That's such a good point. Yep. They're not doing business anyway. Yeah. You literally have no business from them. You can't lose business from them that you don't already have. So what's the problem? 
pick up the phone and call them and don't assume that it's personal. You know, I was, I was, uh, this is not my story. I was listening, uh, to a guy that I'm in a mastermind group with, and it was a really great thing. And he goes, I had a mentor and, and he said, my mentor, uh, or no, this is, it's actually it happened to him. I apologize. So what happened was he was, this is back early on in his sales career. He was calling somebody and thought he had a great deal worked down. The guy was going to, was going to invest, was going to buy and call back at the appropriate time that they scheduled to get the guy started. No answer. And so he started emailing the guy and, and finally got really pissed. Like, Hey, I thought we had a deal. I thought we did this. I thought we did this. And so kind of fired off a, a pretty strongly worded email to the guy. And the guy replied back and goes, you officially lost me as a client. You never once asked how I was doing. Had you done that, you would have found out that I had a death in the family and I've been dealing with a death in the family. Instead, I just realized all you cared about is the sale. And he goes, it was in that moment that I realized that I'm here to help people. And I don't, I can't take it personally. He goes, I took it personally rather than realizing that their world doesn't revolve around my ability to make sales. So how often have you not called somebody because you thought, well, I called them and they didn't call me back. Clearly they don't want to talk to me. No, maybe they have a life that is outside of you and you're trying to break into that world in a, in one attempt versus, Hey, John, uh, you know, I, I know I've given you a couple calls here the last few days. I just want to let you know I'm here to support you, here to help you. I know you're probably busy. You weren't expecting me to give you a call, but I wanted to to just be here to to answer any questions you have and to help you. So what I'm going to do, I'll, here's my number, here's my email, whatever it is. I'm going to try you back in a few days if I don't hear from you. Otherwise, let me know a better time that works for you. Like I can just deal with it like a human. Mm and go make sales, or I can sit around and go, well, they didn't call me back and I didn't have an order to take. All of a sudden now, I have to work harder in a market where sales have to be made and orders aren't sitting around every corner where it's like, oh my gosh, I just told people I was in real estate and I had five people reach out about wanting to sell or buy their house. I'm like, that's not, like that That has 2020, 2021 and 2022 had very little to do with anybody's skill set versus their availability. Now it's skill set less. Everybody's available. Very mm-hmm. few people have the skill set to actually make deals happen. Yeah, I love it, man. Let's get to. So you talk a lot about social media. I talk a lot about social media. You want, uh, and I said this to you when we got on and we're just talking. One of my favorite videos you've done is 10 videos you should do right now in your real estate business. I would just love to hear what, you know, with with five minutes before we get to some Q&A, um, mm-hmm. like what is some social media things that people are missing that they could be doing to take their business to the next level? I think the number one thing, the simplest thing you could do right now is once a month, record a video, just once a month, 12 videos a year. You could do even a few extra ones for the quarter and for the annual. But basically every time your board releases stats, which it does every single month, mm-hmm. I would literally grab those stats, read through it and say, what is the data telling me? Hmm. What am, how do I interpret what I'm seeing here for buyers, for sellers, for renters, whatever it is, then I'm going to come up with my analysis. And then I'm literally going to take that analysis and I'm going to put it into just a five minute video and go, Hey guys, we just got, you know, April stats. And here's what we're hearing from April is that, you know, we're seeing the inventory is still down 
blah, blah, blah. We're seeing that rates are doing this. We're seeing that this is what's happening here. We're seeing that buyers demand is up. And what that's doing is that's putting upward pressure on prices or that's putting downward pressure on prices over here because this is what's happening. So here's what this means. If you're thinking of selling, here's what this means to you. Now, if you're thinking of buying, I want you to understand what it means to you. Here's why. And if you're renting, here's what I would encourage you to do. Now, every situation is unique. Reach out to me. And then here's the call to action for me, you to reach out to me. Now, here's why this is important because so many agents, I always ask them, is it a good time to buy right now? And they go, well, no, it's not. And I go, then why on earth, if that's truly what you believe, why on earth would any of your buyers want to buy? Do you realize that you cannot, from a place of integrity, convince anybody to do something that you yourself wouldn't do? That's right. So here's the better question. Is now the right time to buy for somebody? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, of course. Is now the right time to sell for somebody? Mm -hmm. Yes. Would you want to be a seller right now, Mr. Agent, Mrs. Agent? Mm -hmm. The answer is, yeah, I would. If it made sense, would you want to be a buyer right now? Yeah, I would. If it made sense. Now I'm not saying go run out and buy if you're an agent or run out and go sell if you're an agent, but you have to understand that you're taking your own. I can't so many agents are like, man, I would not want to be a buyer right now. I'm like, good luck getting buyers. That's right. Yeah. Like, man, I just wouldn't yeah. want to be a seller right now. Cause I'd have such a hard time buying. I'm like, what do you think your number one objection is that you're getting right now? Yeah. That that's the number one objection, but well, I don't really want to sell right now because I just don't know where I'd go and my interest rate's really good and blah, blah, blah. And, and most people don't know how to handle that stuff because they're, they're, and so these videos are so important in educating people beyond the hysteria of what the national news is saying. Yeah. Well, and Travis, what I really love too about what you just said. I, so in my business, which has been like really busy this year, almost every single one of my buyers has said, well, it's, well, the rates are bad. And I'm like, I just, Chris is there. He was my lender. I'm like, I just bought a house in January. If the rates were so bad, your realtor wouldn't be buying a house. And so yeah. I think it's a great point that like, if you've recently bought or sold speak because literally, and I think Chris, you know, you can nod your head to this if it's like, I think every single buyer I've said that to, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And they just let it go because I bought, they were like, cool, we trust you, right? And I say, I wouldn't, I just had one yesterday where the appraisal was short. And I'm like, you're going to make up that appraisal gap in six months. I'm yep. like on the offer on my house I'm sitting in right now. I said to this lady, I'm like, I was going to cover an $11,000 gap. Now it did appraise, but why was I willing to do that? Cause I know in six months, a year, it's going to be worth that. And we're going to be here for five years. So, so good. Um, okay. A couple other quick and then, yeah, let's go maybe two more quick things on social media. They can be yeah. doing. Okay. So, uh, the other thing that I would encourage people to do again with video is so here's, here's what I do want to say very, let me caveat this. I think social media is fantastic. You have to understand where it fits in the strategy. So social media is a long play. It is not a quick play. So all those new agents out there who are hearing my voice right now, learn to generate leads. Do not depend on social media to do it for you. The number of people my team talk to every single month where we're like, okay, so you're in the business for a year. What's been your game plan? And like, well, I've been posting on social media. We're like, how's that working for you? Well, I haven't closed anything right because you're, 
social media is a long play. It is not a short play. So you have to have short strategies, short-term strategies. And I'm not saying run out and door knock and cold call. I think it's a waste of time, but there are better strategies you can do. Don't have time to get into those right now, but the idea is social media, love it, long play. So just keep that in mind. So one of the things that I think everybody ought to be doing is launching a YouTube channel specific to your area. That is so, we've done so many trainings on this with our clients. The content that you can pump out on a regular basis lives for eternity on YouTube, on Google, on all these platforms. It is done well, done right with the right game plan. It is a phenomenal lead generation strategy that over time, all of a sudden it just hits a flywheel moment where it's like, whoa, the leads are rolling in. Wow. And it's not perfectly consistent, perfectly predictable, but you start to hit a point where you're like, okay, now I can within reason predict how many leads we're going to get from that every month. I can predict how many appointments we're going to get from that. I can predict how much income we're going to make from that. It takes time to get there, but I believe everybody ought to be doing YouTube. Uh, I ask this on every interview, go back to a period in time. Now, this could be when you're in the hospital burned out. This could be mm -hmm. You know, right when you start the coaching, uh, what would be a piece of advice you would say to that version of Travis? So the the thing that I I, I thought about this after you said it is is that the the thing that I would tell the younger version of myself mm -hmm. is trust in God more than you trust in yourself. Mm, that's good, man. Yeah, trust in Him more than you trust in yourself. Because I put a lot of faith in myself, but man, for so many years, I just, I was like, all right, God, I got this. 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 And, and it's really over the last few years that I've had a much closer relationship with the Lord. And, and, mm -hmm. and that's been a much more important part of my life. And it's made things that much more amazing to trust him more than I trust myself. Mm -hmm. And that's so good because, right, like, especially as you get successful, you can be like, hmm, look at me, look at what I've built. And it's a good reminder that, like, I mean, I try to remember I'm nothing, right? Like, I, I didn't build this. Like, he could snap me and my wife off and say, like, we're so thankful. Yep. It could be gone just like that. So yep. that's good. And then you'd say this all the time. You just help Josh, you know, uh, what would be one piece of advice that for every realtor listening, what would be one piece of advice you would tell new realtors right now? Learn to become a sales maker, not an order taker. This is a sales business. Mm -hmm. And you want to think like a CEO, absolutely. But you are the CEO of a sales organization. That is pipeline management, that is pipeline generation, that is lead generation, that is nurturing, that is understanding the entire cycle. And if all you think you're going to do is build a successful business just off repeat referral that is recession proof, that is market proof, you're delusional. It just doesn't exist. Like, and, and like, I know there's going to be that one, but mine is, and it's like, cool, great. So your strategy is to become a unicorn, not exactly my favorite business strategy. Like I would rather have control and predictability rather than being the exception to the rule. Like don't try and be the exception to the rule. Like get as many referrals as you can get as many past clients as you can coming through 100% and learn to generate leads convert those leads to clients, nurture those leads, build a pipeline and treat this like a sales organization that you are the CEO of. Right now you just have, you're, maybe you're the CEO of one <laughs> and you're the chief bottle washer, chief salesperson, you know, admin, 
CEO and everything in between. But the more you start to realize this is a sales business that you're the CEO of, faster you're going to get results. I love it, man. And then we'll close it out. Thank you again for your time. So to tell us about the Don't Settle group and where people can connect with you if they're interested in checking that out or just connecting with you and learning more about what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. So here's the, th- or John, excuse me. I'm sorry. I just called you Josh. My no, you're good. It's you're been good. a day. It's Monday, you know? So here's the thing is uh, the, the best place to learn about us is just go to travisrobertson.com. And here's the deal, whether you're a brand new agent or you're somebody running a team that's trying to scale it up and get your team performing well. That's what we do guys is we take people, we help them build. We turn individual agents into high performance agents. We turn high performance agents into team leaders and we turn team leaders into high performance team leaders. It's everything along that path to get you the business that you want to have. And we know exactly how to do it, how to guide you through that whole process step-by-step to get you the level of success that you're looking for, whatever that is. And there's no right or wrong. Everybody's goals are different, but we want to make sure that your business supports and matches your goals, your dreams, your passions, and supports and funds the life that you ultimately want to live. So if you want to do that, go to travisrobertson.com, find out more there. Or if you just want to book on the phone with my team, just go to travisrobertson.com forward slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks for coming uh, on the call today. It was a pleasure to have you, but thanks for being here. And Travis, thanks for and answering some questions and just all the knowledge you dropped today. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you, John. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate your group. And thanks so much for having me, man. Thank you. Thanks, dude. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.